The waiter greeted me with a smile. Hey, Woody, I haven't seen you in a while. You been on the road again? Oh, hi, Brian, I answered. Yeah, as a matter of fact, that's as far as I got before the feeling overtook me again. Brian's smile quickly faded, replaced by a look of concern as I sat there frozen in mid-sentence. Woody, are you all right? He asked as if fearing the answer. You look like you've seen a ghost. I stared at him long and hard before mustering the will to answer. Brian, why do I have the feeling that you already asked me that very question? He actually took a step back, convinced something dreadful was about to happen. Woody, I haven't seen you for months. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure, Woody. It's just, well... I can't shake the feeling that someone asked that same question last night. Woody, you weren't in here last night. By now fully ashamed and embarrassed, I threw my arms up in the air and surrender. Aw oh, man, I'm sorry, Brian. I'm okay. Really, I am. It's just been a strange day. I think what I need about now is a heaping stack of oat pancakes, heavy on the maple syrup, light on the butter, please. There it was again. I decided not to alarm Brian any more than I already had, so I kept this thought to myself. He left to deliver my order to the kitchen, looking back over his shoulder suspiciously to see if I was about to do anything crazy, I guess. But it was crazy. No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't grab onto what was bothering me. Nothing fit. Nothing felt right or normal, for want of a better word. Later, back in my apartment, I plunked myself down on the couch in front of the TV. I nodded off to sleep within 20 minutes, my head lolling back onto the pillow propped behind me. I recall being in that moment in time when you know you're dreaming because your very awareness of the dreaming process means you're about to wake up. In my dream, I saw myself from above, walking down Park Avenue with my arm around the shoulder of a woman whose face I couldn't see. It was snowing, the heavy flakes glowing in the warmth of the streetlights. She was laughing. She put her arm around my waist from behind as we walked, and then... And then I woke up, still on the couch, the sun invading my privacy from outside. I drove over to Armstrong's pad around 10.30. It took a half dozen or more loud knocks to wake him at this ungodly hour for most musicians. I was about to turn around and leave when he opened the door, his eyes squinting from the light outside. Woody, what are you doing here? Armstrong, I need to talk. Man, what time is it anyway? It's late, around 10.45. A.M. or P.M.? I knew he would lighten up and invite me in, which he did, turning without need of formally asking me to enter his sanctuary. He stumbled into the kitchen, one hand stroking the dark stubble showing around his as-yet-unshaved head. He plopped down in his chair and slapped his face a few times in a show of waking himself up before speaking. Okay, I'm awake, like it or not. What's up? I paused to gather my thoughts. What happened last night, Armstrong? What do you mean, what happened last night? I mean, tell me about the gig. 
What happened when I left? What song were we playing? He scratched his head while looking up at the ceiling to refresh his recollection of the previous evening. Well, Benny called out Lush Life. Strange thing is, you didn't even wait for him to finish the intro, Woody. You just jumped right in over top of his singing. Kind of surprised us all. You know how you normally take your time to build through your solo? Yeah. Man, you just took off into the stratosphere right off the bat. Notes were flying out of your sacks faster than I've ever heard before, Woody. After about 10 minutes or so, I knew you'd gone off to wherever it is you go because we all stopped playing and you just kept on wailing as if we weren't even there anymore. The audience was going crazy, stomping their feet, screaming louder with every note you played like they couldn't get enough of it. When the time seemed right, we all just kicked back in, figuring you were about ready to collapse, and sure enough, you were soon down on your knees, gasping for breath. Then what happened, Armstrong? Then you hauled your sorry little butt off stage and collapsed. The show was over, the curtains closed, and I carried you into the dressing room where you zoned out like a dead man. And now, here you are, again. Okay, okay, but did anything strange happen last night, Armstrong? He looked at me long and hard. Strange? Woody, every time we play, you get stranger and stranger. And you ask me if anything was strange? Give me a break, man. You're the strangest dude I know. I know, I know. But I never left the stage, did I? Armstrong thought for a long moment before answering. Let's put it this way. Your body never left the stage. Where your mind went, only you know. End of story. I got up to leave, patting him on the shoulder. Thanks, Armstrong. You're a good friend. No matter what anyone else says, I joked on my way out the door. I must be. Who else would put up with your strangeness? I spent the rest of the day trying to figure out the significance of anything and everything Armstrong had said. There was a thread there, I knew, but I couldn't grasp it. As always, the more you reach, the further it recedes. Monday night was a carbon copy of Sunday night. I plopped down in front of the TV again, fell asleep and grabbed onto that moment of consciousness just before you're about to wake up from the dream you're immersed in. This time, I was on stage performing. I could only see myself in the dream as I started to rise out of body during lush life as so often happens these days when I play that song. But something was wrong. There was a flash of brilliant white light, and in my dream I could feel a strong pull on my thoughts, sensing the panic in the two emerald green eyes I gazed down into from above. I suspect those eyes belong to the same girl I saw myself walking with in my dream last night. I couldn't see her face clearly, but I saw those eyes, as she seemed to reach out for me, the distance between us quickly growing until I couldn't see her at all anymore, and then I woke up. Each night thereafter, I dreamed about the same girl. One night, it was in a booth at the Toad Lagoon. Another night, it was in the car, and she was unlocking my car door from the inside, teasing me about something. 
Each time I woke up before I could see her face or figure out who she was and how she fit into my life. As soon as I woke up, her image receded further and further into my subconscious to the point where I found myself looking forward to going to sleep in front of the TV, knowing I'd feel her presence again. I was scheduled to perform with the band tomorrow night, so after breakfast I took my gig clothes out of Armstrong's laundry bag and headed out to the cleaners. Hey, Mr. Reed, boomed Oscar from behind the counter. Hey, Oscar, how you been? Oh, I can't complain. Nobody'll listen anyway. Ain't it the truth, I chuckled. As we were talking, he checked the pants I dumped on the counter to make sure I hadn't left anything in the pockets before throwing them into the hamper. But this time, unlike the hundreds of other times I had gone through this same ritual with Oscar, he pulled a wad of money out of my to-be-cleaned pants. Whoa, Mr. Reed, he admonished loudly. You've been coming here for years, and this is the first time I ever found anything in your pockets. It's a good thing I checked. He took pride in handing over the money that was stuffed into the pocket. I was stunned. Not wanting to make a scene or admit my lack of knowledge about where that money could have come from, I just smiled gratefully and thanked Oscar for being so honest. I didn't look at the wad of money until I got into my car, making sure no one was watching me as I sat there peeling off $200 bills wrapped around a handwritten note. Violetta was right. I ain't never heard no one play like you before. See you tomorrow night, kid. Lenny. I read the note again and again before it dawned on me that Violetta must be the girl in my dreams. No matter how hard I tried to visualize her face, all I could conjure up were two green eyes following my ascent from the stage. Is it possible I could have performed with this person and not even remembered? And if so, when? And who was Lenny? I went to sleep Thursday night in front of the TV again, searching for an answer. In the moment before I knew I would wake from this dream, I saw myself with Violetta again. But this time, I seemed to be looking at myself in a mirror, as if I was someone else observing the scene playing out in front of my eyes. I was startled out of my reverie by the realization that in my dream I was, well, younger. Much younger than I am now, with not a trace of gray hair and curls much longer than the style of today. It felt like me looking back over my life through a set of binoculars with the big lenses placed up against my eyes instead of the small ones, looking back through time with an oddly distorted vision. But this night, I didn't wake up. I remained asleep in front of the TV, oblivious to the world, offering me no further hints at what and whom I had seen in my dream. By the time I awoke, I was already exhausted from my unwelcome nightly ritual of searching for answers that didn't seem ready to reveal themselves. Thank you.